Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. <laughs> Do I have to be sober for this podcast? Pete Thamel. Our faithful listeners would, uh, would, would be wondering if you had been sober this, uh, th- these years. And SI's Pat Forty. Watch out for the rats. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. On it goes. It's, uh, snowing here in Detroit today, and uh, the students at the homeschool that I'm in charge of <laughs> argued for a snow day. <laughs> hmm. I like it. I'm not going to go people full people's court on this, but uh, granted or not granted, what do you think? Yeah, you're not going full people's court because you'd lose. I'm in favor <laughs> of the students on that one. Headmaster out. What does it do well, to your drinking not hours the educator. if it's a snow day? Can you start drinking in the morning? I, it, I don't know. I it didn't. I mean, what? Doesn't change anything. I started drinking this morning anyway. I mean, what? <laughs> do I have to be sober for this podcast? Well, our faithful listeners would uh, would would be wondering if you had been sober this uh, th- these years. I'm not. So. I don't want to run afoul with uh, HR, but I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> yes. You have to be sober to do the podcast. I don't know. Anyway, uh, snow day was declined. We will persevere. We walked uphill both ways to school today. That's all you got to do. Upstairs both ways, I guess, would be a better way to say it. Upstairs yeah. and then further yeah. upstairs. I don't know what we did. I don't care. We're going to toughen these guys up. All right. So we... Uh, in our ongoing uh, lead segment is, are we going to play football in the fall? And there were some interesting discussions, comments in the last, since we last talked. One, I think, was significant, although maybe not for football, although he was specifically asked about it, is Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is uh, sort of America's hero in the fight against the pandemic. Although someone uh, will certainly tell me he's a terrible person because this is how America works. But seems like he has high approval ratings. I don't know. Seems like he knows what he's talking about. And he was on Snapchat's Good Luck America show, which we certainly need. (laughs) They asked uh, if sports would return. And he specifically mentioned baseball and college football. And Fauci said there's a way of doing that. Nobody comes to the stadiums, put uh, basically the athletes and coaches, he said, in big hotels, wherever you want to play, keep them very well surveilled, but have them tested like every week and make sure they don't wind up infecting each other. 
or their families and just let them play the season out. Now, this was specifically mentioned college football. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't necessarily believe that that plan works for college football, but it certainly would work for like the NBA. You know, they've talked about just taking over the 6,000 room MGM grand and just playing there, or maybe the NHL, which has talked about going to North Dakota, or maybe MLB even, which is thinking about taking over all of Phoenix. But I think it is huge that someone of the credibility of Dr. Fauci is saying this, and it's not just, you know, aspirational comments from Dabo Sweeney, who for all of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mike Gundy, for all of their play-calling acumen, is not the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases. Yeah. So we have that as a positive. So don't say we're not positive, because people get mad now. They, they think something mm-hmm. about, being, you got to be positive. I don't know why. Uh, we are never positive on this <laughs> damn show. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we need to change now. Uh, however, you go to last week, uh, Gene Smith, the Ohio State Athletic Director, said that he doesn't think that you could play if there's no fans in the stands. It seems inconsistent to me that we could say it's unsafe for the fans to be in the stand, but it's safe for fans, for safe for the players to be ga- to be in that gathering environment. I don't know. I haven't gone down that path, but you got. I think you guys know me. I tend to lead to work with my colleagues in the Big Ten, work with my colleagues nationally. Further, the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, said, I think it's too early to be making any decisions about the fall. I don't think we know enough. But he, he sort of said, you know, this is not going to be the priority is finding out how to play Ohio State football when he's got a lot of other problems, which uh, seems reasonable if you're running a state of like 12, 13 million people. I took both of these comments as a little more serious than the, uh, you know, when when a politician in California or something says something, I, I mean, I shouldn't, but I kind of go, oh, that's California. But when like oh, or, or the Ohio State, like you can't really have a college football season without Ohio State. Like when Ohio State is saying, eh, you know, slow your roll. This is not like the alarmist, uh, you know, we need to buck. This is Ohio State. And you have the governor. And you got the AD. Gene Smith also played college football. I don't know. What do you think of these comments? The the pendulum swinging back and forth with Dr. Fauci and then these guys. Pete, why don't we start with you? Well, I uh, I first of all I love Dr. Fauci. Like, where would America be right now without Dr. Fauci? The, the I was trying to think as Dan was doing the open monologue. There was there was rumblings that the president was unhappy unhappy with Dr. Fauci this week, and I was trying to equate firing Dr. Fauci to like the worst college football or basketball firing that we could have come across where like some something fell off the cliff. And I couldn't think of a good analogy. Pat, can you think of one like the, the worst school that ever fired like a really good coach and then just went into like the tank for 15 years? Yeah, Ole Miss firing David Cutcliffe comes immediately to mind. That, yeah, that was um, that was poor. That was know. certainly yeah, that was certainly poor. Um, anyway, I don't want to hijack the conversation with that, but there, it might. There, there's well, no, hold on. This is a, this is a good discussion. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely been the guys they ran out. Yeah, like Tennessee got rid of Fulmer, Michigan got rid of Lloyd Carr. You know, right? You didn't win enough. Like, yeah, you didn't win enough, huh? Yeah, <laughs> Texas got like rid of Mac Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Mac Brown wasn't winning enough. I mean, there's a lot of that. So there might be a little Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci is Mac Brown, yes. right? Yes. There you go. Yes. Let's 
Let's Could be happy with with, with, <laughs> uh, with what we with what we have. Frank Solich. What, yes, exactly. Frank Solich That's, at Nebraska, yeah. right? Oh, not charismatic enough. Yeah, you like yeah. four losses a yeah. year. Paul Pascaloni at Syracuse. <laughs> Steve Logan at East yeah. Carolina. As Pat knows, he's a personal favorite of uh, favorite of mine. You know those those programs just like <laughs> just completely went in the uh, went hold on, in the, hold on, went hold in the dumpster uh, <laughs> after that happened. Doctor. So, I, Dr. Anthony Fauci would never be the football coach at East Carolina. <laughs> Good God. Besmirch this yeah, man. Well, he was that a way. point guard. Uh, I read some of those stories about him. Uh, you yeah, know, Reed so maybe, was. Reed maybe was like, but yeah. New York City. Yeah. Maybe there's like a better. Fauci <laughs> is the Nick Saban of infectious diseases. Okay. <laughs> We're not. I don't know, Dan. ECU is known for its infectious diseases now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, man. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Sully. <laughs> yeah. That's why they got that. That's Easy. why all their barbecue is with vinegar. <laughs> just burns that crap away. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the cure. Maybe that's the vaccine. <laughs> barbecue yeah. with vinegar. Yeah. Little known fact. Little, Little known slawed. fact. <laughs> Your lungs clear right up. <laughs> um, yeah, I have. Uh, I have been pro Fauci. I think the smartest thing, and there have been some, certainly some intelligent comments to balance out the the gundies in in this uh in this world and commenting on this but i think the smartest comment that i've seen that sums up where we are with this was greg sankey the sec commissioner parroting dr fauci saying this isn't like the timeline of any politician or leader or commissioner or ad this is the virus's timeline and ultimately the virus is going to dictate when we are able to return to normalcy in, in college sports is under is under that umbrella. I don't think, although Dr. Fauci is like 90 times smarter than the three of us combined, I don't think he probably took into account considering college football, the campus tie dynamic to it all. You know, like I don't, we've talked about this in the pod before. I don't think there's a Dakota plan for, for college football. Dan, Dan has said this very wisely, that it's probably the single most difficult sport to, to get back, uh, to get back on the rails. So I loved a little optimism from dr fauci you know like i just 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 like a little taste of optimism is is good right now as we're you know sort of week six of uh of pandemic lockup here um but yeah i i i appreciated certainly uh certainly that notion yeah uh i mean realism's better than optimism i i agree i'm i'm not anti-optimism despite the nature of our podcast but realism <laughs> is better than optimism and there are some 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 realistic problems with the Fauci plan. I mean, yes, you cannot just take you you couldn't even take a conference and go isolate it somewhere. I mean, you can. What are you going to do? Take the SEC to Atlanta and put them all in hotels and have them play games there? No, no, you you can't do anything. Oh, like wait, that. sounds kind of cool. <laughs> it may sound cool, but again, realism over optimism. I, I don't think you're going to put Dude, that'd be awesome. know, Alabama in the Marriott Marquis and then Georgia in the, you know, the Hyatt and, uh, you know, whoever. And then you see a stick like Vanderbilt at the Days Inn up in uh, Roswell or something. <laughs> you know. But I... I, I it, it would be fun to construct a satellite SEC like that in a city, but I, I, I'm not sure that plan's going to work. Um, so, now, you know, I, look, I like that, the, that, that a guy like him is doing something like talking about, hey, maybe maybe we can play as opposed to, hell no, we're not even going to think about playing. So uh, baby steps at this point. Let's just, you know, if, if this if the 
infamous curve continues to flatten and, and we start getting making steps towards being able to concretely discuss or prognosticate this, that's awesome. Uh, but boy, it's, you know, it's just, it, it, the smart people are very reticent to put any sort of timetable on this or any sort of realistic plan on it because there is none at this point. So that's my thought. Does Tennessee get extra no, no. police detail because they, they need the officers to do their civic duty? Uh, in our in our in our in our phantom Atlanta hotel plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely. Be it. You'd have to bring your own police force. You cannot trust the Georgia police, which yeah. just start arresting Alabama star <laughs> athletes before their game. It would just be unfair. That's true. Imagine the fight. Every state would just be fight. Get hold of Atlanta. Got hold that thing in Little Rock. I'm about you know. Bear Bryant believed in Birmingham was the. It would just be a war on where this would be staged. They never. The NCC would never get this thing organized. Yeah. I really want no. our our listeners to uh, to throw in our in our Twitter mentions like where they think their SEC school, what hotel their SEC school should stay in. I really, I really feel like we could, we could have some, uh, we could have some of that. Where was that vacation hotel that you and Pat talked about uh, a couple episodes ago? Does that ring a bell? It was like some lodge that I'd never heard of. And you made fun of me for, it's like a vacation lodge for families. Oh, well, Great Wolf Lodge. Great yeah. Wolf Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. The Great yeah. Wolf Lodge. That's, that's, that'd Miss, be more uh, Big Mississippi Ten, I think. Mississippi State. Iowa, yeah, Iowa. They, yeah, are, that's they a, already booked that's a cold, it. That's a cold they already weather, booked it just for fun. Locale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're already there. Yeah, Kirk Ferentz is permanently set uh, up there. <laughs> he's there every. Yeah, this is what he does in the spring. <laughs> we just it, go to the what? Great Wolf. I'm starting to warm up to this concept now. Instead of putting, you know, having, having everyone in Atlanta, you have you have like a, a Western pod. Western pod, you put a bunch of teams in St. Louis. You have an Eastern pod, you put a bunch of teams in, I don't know, do this. Orlando or something. And then you bring them to, uh, to Atlanta. Oh, wait, this, we're going to make this thing work. Get Sankey like on the line. Sim, Arkansas Sim City for college football, right? We're just like rebuilding with, uh, with, with yeah. hotel brands. Arkansas would just there come in a bunch of RVs and park for free at the Walmart. Yeah. They yeah. would. Yeah. Right. There, uh, there'd definitely be boosters. like a Marriott point scandal somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean, some booster would like get all the Marriott points, funnel them to the recruits. So they can get like free breakfasts. Yeah. Like, yeah, you could. Just... <laughs> Ole, Ole Miss Marriott point yes. scandal. It's yes. so predictable. <laughs> it's almost so cliche. Like, <laughs> get an extra waffle maker at the Fairfield Inn breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> they're giving kids passes we're on the concierge something. lounge that shouldn't have access to it. They're getting that, getting oh, that free terrible. drink. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, yeah, I, I like this concept. I think we can do something here. I think we can I do, do something too. here. All right. Also, uh, President Trump had a meeting with all of the, he's had a couple now, I guess, he's creating a, he had a phone call with all these sports leaders, commissioners, and he had a, uh, you know, uh, all the way down to like Vince McMahon and, just about every every sports league got to talk to Trump. College football, though, <laughs> we got Mike Pence is having a discussion with the playoff committee. Now, nothing against uh, Vice President Pence, but it seems like our sport got in the back burner, man. What <laughs> what is Mike Pence talking to the playoff committee about? And is he trying to get <laughs> Indiana in somehow? Should we be, you know, because we are government watchdogs. So I think, <laughs> right. We need to keep an eye on this. I'm sure he's a man of, uh, you know, beyond repute. But this is college football. 
So <laughs> what is Mike Pence talking about to the committee? And is Bill Hancock on? The, like, is he literally Bill Hancock's talking to the vice president? It's, it's the it How was the work? commissioners uh, Swarbrick, who's in that group because uh, of Notre Dame's independence. Jack Swarbrick, the Notre Dame AD, and I assume Bill was Bill was on the call. I hit up a couple people who were on it. It ended around eleven today, I think. And obviously, this is Wednesday when we're taping this, so the the vice president call and the majority of the people I sp- that I that I hit up were kind of like, yeah, it was nice to have the vice president there. He's very positive, which was good. But there was no this wasn't Trump saying we need football back or want it back or starting on time or anything like that. It was just kind of more of an informational, positive back and forth. And they were the, the most significant thing to come from the call with the vice president was that there was actually a call with the vice president. That's that's basically what I was told as well, is that, you know, it was like, Oh, we kind of left out the college football people. That's pretty important. Oh, and by the way, a lot of college football fans are also Republican voters, so we might want to loop in those folks and uh, and and just get, give them a heads up on where we're staying on things. And so I didn't think that uh, it was overly substantive, but at least there was a communication from what I was told. I think our sport deserves the president. I mean, if the WWE gets the president. Well, I mean, the president went to three college football games in three months That's last right, year. Yeah. He went to... Following me around Yeah, he went to Army-Navy, yeah. and then uh, we were all obviously at, at Alabama, Alabama, LSU. LSU. When, when he was there, that certainly inconvenienced our day. And then we were all at the national title game LSU. When, he, when he showed yeah. up. I don't, I don't think he's ever been cheered harder. Uh, than that he was at those two games where I was. Like my God, it was uh, it was it was a deafening roar in uh, in in both yeah. places. So you would you would think he uh, you know he would tr- he would try to bring in the uh, the hand. Although he was probably smart to not bring in the NCAA and realize that they really don't have much to do with college football. Certainly not profiting off college football. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. Uh, Mark Emmert still sitting there with a, with his phone not ringing. Yeah. It's like texting, like, <laughs> "Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, when do I get in? When? When's my call? When's my call? Yeah, yeah. Snapchatted. Yeah. The White House got left yeah. unopened. Like, geez, you know. <laughs> hey, over here, new, new, new phone. Who this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> new administration. Who this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, Mark Emmert's going to be waiting a while, oh, I think, to hear from them. Don't forget about college football. Yeah, I would have. I, I would have been listen. more excited if Fauci was on a call with the college football playoff committee. Uh, Pence is the guy who, like, famously said somewhere early in his political career that smoking didn't kill. So I don't have a lot of faith in him managing a uh, managing a health crisis. So Fauci, in Fauci, we trust. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go with Fauci. Fauci's fine with us. So don't yep. if you have hate mail for Fauci, don't send it to us. Yeah, send Get it to somebody Fauci. else. Up. Different podcast. Yeah, different podcast. We don't we don't know any better. All right, a couple things. Uh, I'm going to tout uh, Pete's work here this week. He's had a couple of very good stories. I actually wanted to get to that we didn't the other day. See, we have so many topics on this podcast. Uh, one is the, <laughs> the midst of a pandemic. You know, we discussed the like, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. But so far, so good. You talked about how the we talked on the pod about how the pandemic could spur a playoff to occur, and you actually had a lot of details in your story. Uh, the money and stuff like that. So I wanted to ask you about that. And then also kind of contingent with that is um, uh, contingent, but whatever goes along with it is um, the possibility these schools are so broke that they're going to start cutting sports. And we already saw the University of Cincinnati has dropped its men's soccer team, which I guess had been on the chopping block regardless because the Big 12 doesn't have men's soccer. Just kind of interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess it's a sissy sport yeah, or West something. West Virginia out there. women's tough. soccer plays in the MAC. Things I've learned 
diving in this non-revenue world. They do have um, women's yeah. soccer so, in the Big 12. Yes, I know that. They do. Yeah. So uh, anyway. Not, not um, all revenue sports are out there just gallivanting across the country, believe it or not. <laughs> Pat. They Pat, should not. Pat is the voice for those who have no voice. He is the king of the money losing non revenue sports. He will champion them <laughs> to no end, and obvi- for obvious reasons, with his three children as uh, as college swimmers. So yes, he does not see them as a line item to be crossed off as a budget saver. You want to be good in the Olympics? Most most Americans do. Better be good in the Olympic sports in the college level. Oh, mm. look at this! <laughs> you go, Pat. The sports at the Olympics that many of us, many Americans care about, not all, but some, figure skating and gymnastics, the two most popular sports. Either one play in a college. None of those athletes uh, do college athletics. I'm going to counter Pat here. There's gymnastics in college, Dan. Yeah, Wait a minute. Not Which, any of the good ones. Some yeah, of the what was the other sport gymnastics? Figure skating. No, oh, that's, that's all right. Yes, one winter, one summer. Now. Okay, that those are among the most popular sports. They're not necessarily the most. <laughs> There's They're a lot not. Of we go back and look at the ratings. <laughs> Does America like to win at track? Does America like to win in swimming? Does America like to win? <laughs> do they? They do. Like to win in hockey? Where do those people come from? Where do they go? Dan Sully and I actually had a side text, Pat, where we said we're just going to say negative things about swimming to rile you up to try to juice up the <laughs> podcast or <during> the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would care way more about figure skating. Dude, they club each other's knees in figure skating. It's a great sport. Unfortunately, that's only a once in a lifetime, man. Only a once in a lifetime. Hey, I've covered I've covered a lot of figure skating, man. It's great. I love Olympic figure skating. It's good times. Uh all right. Anyway, we'll stop teasing, Pat. We'll stop teasing Pat. Uh, so are they going to cut all these sports, Pete? Let's get to. I think we're going to see a decent amount more. I don't think there's going to be hundreds of sports cut or anything like that. And uh, Pat tweeted this on Tuesday. It certainly was a great point, and it parroted a lot of what I had heard making my calls. And it's that basically, if you are going to cut a sport because of the pandemic, you were already thinking about doing it. And uh, this is just people didn't wake up in April and be like, oh, my God, I need to save money. Superfluous men's sports are going to be the most at risk. The the wrestlings, unfortunately, Pat, the swimming and divings, the soccers, the, those sports like that are going to be are going to be the most uh, vulnerable during this uh, time. And I mean, somebody told me yesterday, Eastern Michigan has 21 sports. I believe UConn has 26. BC has over 30. When when you when you're trying to fund those on either one or two revenue sports, it's it's an upside down model that's uh, that's that's very difficult. So I thought uh, one AD I spoke with summed it up best. He quoted Winston Churchill, who famously said, "Never waste a good crisis." And I think this crisis is going to help balance some budgets uh, around college sports, both in especially in the group of five, but I do think we'll see some uh, we'll see some cutting in the power fives. Yes, that there's this. If you were already predisposed to cut, you're going to cut. This gives you cover to do it um, with less blowback than you might under normal circumstances. You know, but here's the thing is most places, if they're going to cut and I understand where the money comes from, but also we we should understand where most of the expense comes from as well is, is, is football and basketball. And yeah, they're bringing it in, but they're spending it at an incredible rate. 
And how about the actual athletic department staffs, which have just done nothing but absolutely explode as the revenues have exploded. And now you've got 23 assistant ADs in charge of, you know, Tuesday's lunch or whatever the case <laughs> may be that uh, didn't, you know, didn't used to be there before. You've still got you got football teams spending the night in hotels the night before home games. You've got some places, Clemson and others, that feed the feed the players daily at the facility because they want them to spend all their time at the facility. They really don't want them to be part of the rest of campus. Uh, and so the, the, the bill for f- feeding the players on a daily basis is huge. There's just there's a lot of places where if you if you want to trim fat as opposed to trimming sports, there are places to do it. It's just that people are very reluctant to start doing that with the revenue sports. King football ain't going to get touched if they can help it. Yeah, it's because everyone will scream about your commitment to the team and all that stuff. I think I read Cincinnati's saving 800 yeah. grand by cutting their men's. Uh, so. This was not this was not costing an extraordinary amount of money to begin with in the in the right. now eight hundred grand's nothing to to <clears throat> you know sneeze at here. That's um, eight million bucks over ten years. Well, I mean, if you got to cut something, but it's not like this. Is, I mean, if you think about all the costs of travel, I mean, you got to have what at least like a coach and a couple assistants. I, I doubt they had very many scholarships to offer. Eight hundred grand to run a college soccer team doesn't seem un, it doesn't seem like too much money, but every penny's going to count because and, and and I just think if 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 we do not have this, I mean, you, okay, you say well, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten, they're still getting their TV network money coming in every month right now, and they'll continue to. Um, obviously, they'd lose a lot if there's no games, but if if you have your games, you're going to still get your, you know, they're going to get their Big Ten and SEC network, and then they're going to get their ESPN money if you play. What is Cincinnati getting if they play with no fans? I mean, they're getting the AAC TV money. That's that's a that's an L. So I mean, you know, I, I, you talk to ads and they're just I mean they're just stressed like a lot of people are and a lot of businesses are going. What the hell? I didn't plan for a global pandemic. I thought I every business person is like I thought I figured this out and then what the you know no COVID was not on my my plan so. It's going to be really interesting uh, what they do, but I, I agree. I think it's too bad, but I think the, because of Title IX, they got to balance this out. Because football's got eighty-five scholarships, if you're going to trim, it's going to be from men's sports, and um, and it's going to be the sports that they deem they can get away with without anybody really complaining. Basketball and football are gonna are going to keep going. Just seems like a, the natural thing. I heard an interesting point, Dan. We talk about like the AAC versus the Power Five and and that kind of thing. Where <clears throat> the ADs, and I have a bunch of group of group of five ADs yesterday because those are the ones that appear most vulnerable in this uh, cutting sport realm. The AAC ADs are actually less stressed. Like, let's take the Mountain West for example. They were getting 1.2 million in TV revenue, and that that's going to get bumped up. They got a nice new deal, and they're going to get three million a year in TV revenue. Well. It's a lot easier to sit around and say, okay, how do we make up for this three million in lost TV revenue as opposed to the places that are looking at 40 million in TV revenue and then another 50 million in tickets that they're out leveraged for. So in in a weird way, the 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 more stressed ADs are from the bigger places because they have more to lose. Oh, makes sense. And they also the Cincinnati does not have, 
you know, 400 employees in their athletic department like Ohio State might. I don't know what Ohio State's number is, but yeah, I, I get <laughs> if that. They don't have associate ADs, as Pat just referenced, for like for like bowl graft, like the associate AD who plans the uh, Orange Bowl cruise for all the uh, for all the other associate ADs to go on. They don't have uh, they don't have that that position. There's a lot of yeah. A lot of interesting staff positions out there. If you look at Clemson's staff directory for athletics, they have met, there's at least four or five people listed just for aviation operations. Those are good people to have. It's nice to have your own aviation operations in your athletics, but if you're looking for things that may be excessive, maybe you don't need to charter from Clemson to Raleigh, North Carolina to play NC State. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, we could get on the bus, and some of that's got to happen. I, I did this stat for a story last year year um and this was just michigan i used as the example the michigan athletic department in 2011 had 253 employees they made an average of 73 grand that's in 2011 money 2019 they had 388 employees so they went up 130 basically uh, went up 50 percent and the employees are making an average 101,000. so their salary went up about 30 percent uh, although not adjusted for inflation now, a lot of those are important people, are good, are good hires. In 2011, they didn't have as many like sports psychologists, nutritionists, things, different things that really do help the student. It's not all just, you know, we got another guy pushing paper around here. You know, that's, an, that's eight years. 2011 was nine years ago, okay? Like they played big time athletics at Michigan in 2011, this is we're not going back to the Bo Schembechler era. You know, you had three assistant coaches. It's like this this number got big, huge, and that these numbers might have to go. College athletics has done nothing but go up. Never, never gone anything but bigger. You know, welcome to the real world. This is how businesses work. Sometimes, you you know, I, I saw you know, well, we're going to take a five percent pay cut. A couple guys, you know, it shows how much they're making, but that probably ain't going to cut it. So. There's a lot of uh, lots of trim there. Uh, I hate to see opportunities taken away from from uh, student athletes. I would prefer to that you know that model gets smaller. I would have liked to seen Cincinnati say we're going to have a team, but we're going to cut this or that. But this is this is where we're at. So college sports is like much, uh, maybe all of America, but much of America is going to change coming out of this. Great point that you made about. Uh where, you know, everything has done nothing but get bigger. I, I talked to an AD last week. I just looked up the quote. We built a budget off of best case scenario because that's all we've ever known. They've never yeah. had anything but the budget yeah. doing this. <laughs> you know, they've never had to deal with with a recession, with a cutback, with things going the wrong way. And so it's, it's going to be a new experience for a lot of these people. And ESPN, and I'm sure all the networks, nobody's getting any advertising right now. And so ESPN and, and Fox basically are the the, you know, the oil wells that never stop gushing. And they're not, you know, you're going into a negotiation. Who knows what ESPN comes out of this like, let alone their parent company, Disney. I mean, all their parks are closed, you know, yeah. like there's huge, <laughs> huge issues with these companies. And so ESPN may not be able to sit there. Next time and go, yeah, let's throw another billion on the pile. It's going to be like, yeah, you're not sorry, you're not worth it. And I, I think that's going to be a big thing. You can't just count on TV revenue going up because people want to watch. Yeah, because a lot of these the games do get good ratings, but are they overvalued? Yeah, they might be. 
You know, they might be. And then it's like if mm-hmm. if Fox and ESPN and all these companies are in the same boat, and I, I imagine they all are, it's not like you just say, all right, forget it. We're not going, we're taking the Big Ten off of ESPN. Are you? You know, I don't know if you, you do that, you know, right. and, and, and you lose a lot when you bail on that network promotion wise. You see it with <laughs> the NHL, <Yeah>. you know, ESPN <laughs> still is the fire hose of what's important. And if you watch ESPN only, you would think, women's college basketball is a bigger deal than the national hockey league. And it isn't <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Nothing wrong with women's college basketball. Enjoy it. But they don't sell out 30 arenas, you know, everywhere. They most of the arenas, everywhere they go, the national hockey league's bigger, but you wouldn't know it watching ESPN. Cause once you leave those guys, you're out. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, ESPN's got not going to have the same amount of money. You know, you watch now. They got the. We've been making fun of the commercials. I think in our. I don't know if we said it on the pod, but you know, it's all about the uh, Mesophiliona commercials now, and and the yeah. you know the, 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 uh, on ESPN. You know, like nobody talcum powder. Yeah, classic. Dude, Disney World. Is, I, I mean, mean, that place makes so much money. Absolute revenue gusher day after day after day after day. And all of a sudden you shut that off for a month and, you know, probably two months, three months, four months, five months. Oh, I mean, that is a huge, huge difference maker. That is the the, the, forget concerts and basketball games. The line at a, 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 you know, at Thunder Mountain. (laughs) <laughs> Disney World has got to be the worst place to be during a pandemic. <laughs> it's disgusting oh. in good times. <laughs> hey, how about you wait uh, 175 minutes in a little snake line? Like what? Yeah, in like in like right. 110% humidity. <laughs> I ain't going in yeah. that place. And I, somebody's little kid like mistaking you for their dad and wiping their mouth on your knee. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. It's a terrible yeah. place. Oh my God, I wouldn't set foot near it. <laughs> and you're going to stand there with a mask on your face and stand in the line? Oh, no way. Disney's got problems, man. They got problems. I tell you, they warned us, though. It is a, it is a small yes. world. <laughs> it's a germy world. Yeah. Disney World is disgusting at all times. So I can't even imagine. These, I, these places, it's, I don't See, even know. Uh, I don't even know. Not good. So uh, college sports. More disgusting. Yeah, more disgusting. Disney World or Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> All right, let me see here. As a veteran of both. (laughs) Me too. All right, Great Wolf Lodge is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Because you're indoors in a small water park. If you you haven't been to Great Wolf Lodge, it's like a small water park in a hotel. It's a hotel with a water park in the lobby. And it's small. (laughs) And then the humidity, there's no air getting out. It's basically so people in the north can go swimming. And and then it just the 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 kids. I mean, God knows what's going on in the water. It's just it's it's disgusting. However, it is a smaller populace, right? You only have so many families there. You can only fit, you know, a few true. hundred people at a Great Wolf Lodge. Disney World. Uh, I mean, true. it's like fifty thousand people. You cannot turn around in Disney. And and I was at Disney World in Orlando. In the last three months, I've been at one in California and Orlando. I can't. I don't like Disney World at all, but my kids love it. And you cannot turn around without bumping into somebody. 
Like there's yeah. nowhere to go in that place <laughs> where there's not just people and just people just wiping their nose and then grabbing the, the banister. The, it's just, there's nowhere to go. You just sit there the whole day and go, can't wait to get home. And then you immediately take a shower. And that is before I even knew about this. I would have, if I had even been thinking in February about COVID-19 while I was at Disney World Orlando, I think I would, I don't, I worry about nothing, right? I would have yeah. had a panic attack. I would have been like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you convinced me. Disney World worse than Great Wolf Lodge, Great Wolf Lodge. Although Great Wolf Lodge, woo, it is. Yeah, it's a little rank. They're like, it's rank. I'm sure they're. We're, we practice uh, sanitary. Uh, we've stepped up our sanitary games. Like all these businesses, are like really, like you had no game. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking right. about? <laughs> Once a year, you open the windows and let some air blow in. That was the. So uh, listening uh, to Dan wax nostalgic about Disney parks and the Great Wolf Lodge, uh, our continued quest for sponsorship really seems to be being undercut by, by every observation. <laughs> but I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday. Uh, my buddy Michael Cohen used to cover the Packers for the athletic uh, fellow Syracuse guide. He had an ad on his podcast that was something called Drink Virtually. So a company has essentially popped up during the pandemic for people on Zoom calls or Google Hangouts, whatever we do, we're on, we do our pot. And it like allows you to play drinking games and then musical playlists so you can do that already. Like that's genius. And so. Why are they not well, sponsoring us? Because yeah. clearly Disney and Great Wolf Lodge are going to sponsor us. But like if, if anyone should be sponsoring our <laughs> podcast, it should be Drink Virtually. Let me tell you, if Great Wolf Lodge <laughs> buys an ad on this podcast, I will I will tell you what a great family vacation it is. Oh, yeah. I will the say this. Fine I had a lot of fun there. at Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, yeah. Dan will wear a Speedo uh, go on all the rides. <laughs> always had a good time at the Great Wolf Lodge, but, it is, you know, the Great Wolf Lodge, Sandusky, Ohio, is not known for, when you think cleanliness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a great time. You didn't get in the water. But I, I will. Sure. I will be bought out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you what. If you yeah. hear me just talking about how great it is, great experience, you will you you will hear an ad yeah. soon <laughs> because I will be bought and paid for. All right. Speaking of bought and paid for, let's talk some college basketball <laughs> recruiting. Uh, the big deal is uh, again. This is the problem with college basketball. I've been warning them for years. More and more kids just saying, "Nope, ain't coming." Uh, they want to go play pro. And that means overseas, New Zealand, Australia, even the G League, a whole host of top recruits are either considering it or bailed. Uh, I think Isaiah Todd bailed on Michigan this week. Not good when your best talent. We just had a college basketball season with a lack of great talent, that high-end talent. There were some very good players, but you want those superstars and increasingly they're they're not looking at the college level. Used to be maybe one guy every couple of years, Brandon Jennings or something. Now it's it's a few guys every year, and I just don't think it portends well. What 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 are you hearing out there, uh, Pat? The trend that has been begun, begun the last couple of years could possibly intensify here with players just saying, "No, nah, I'm not going," or even. Hey, some players that go and then decide, no, nah, never mind, I'm not staying. If you look at this year, James Wiseman was the top freshman. He got suspended by the NCAA and just said, I'm not coming back. 
He was going to be able to eligible to come back in mid-January. He said, no, nah, never mind. You look at Khalil Whitney, who was a five-star guy at Kentucky. He wasn't playing very much. He got to like February and said, ah, I'm out of here. Not transferring. I'm just not coming back to college. And then you you mentioned Isaiah Todd, uh, Jalen Green, the big guy, you know, the guy that's going to announce on Thursday whether he's going pro or going to college. A lot of people think he's going pro. There's a lot of other guys in the class that supposedly are considering it. The G League, you know, increased possible paydays for some of these elite guys to come. So they presented an even more competitive counteroffer to college basketball. And then you got, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, hey, even even more than the, some of the strong ass offers you can get from a college coach. Well, if you if you recall from the scheme, there's uh there's Will Wade saying we can pay him more than the G League. Yeah. So he was aware of right. what I thought was funny was aware of what the G League's paying. And, and leave it to capitalism sure. where Adam sure. Silver and the, and the crew at the G League were like, well, we can outbid Will Wade. <laughs> we can we can we can we can bring guys <laughs> right. in. College basketball, and I've written this a few times, and it has rankled some of the college basketball establishment, but it's just becoming unrecognizable. Now, certainly, you're always going to recognize the logos and you're going to recognize the coaches, but let me ask Dan this because he doesn't follow it as close to the grand there as Pat does. Dan, name the five college basketball players you're most looking forward to watching next season. I, yeah, forget yeah, it. Like, like this no. is college basketball isn't like the familiar senior. It's like, Scotty Lewis was a highly regarded recruit. He sucked his first year at Florida and had to go back. What a good story. Oh, Scotty Lewis wasn't going to be a late first round <laughs> pick. He totally played terrible his one year at Florida. So he's going to go back and be a little better and then go in the draft. Like that's that's your familiarity. That's your that's your feel good stories uh, in that in that sport. And it's just it, the reason why college basketball has become a one-month sport is that it's just totally unrecognizable. You know, and then the, the transfer portal, like, is dizzying to try to keep track of in college basketball. And the mid-majors are becoming minor leagues. Like, the whole the whole thing is is really just being stripped of any identity outside of laundry, basically. And, of course, uh, coaches. So, and no, and I really think this offseason has, uh, has, has fueled that. And if you look at the, if you look at the draft list, right now you know the best players a majority of them would not have played in the NSA tournament if we had had one this year and I just think college basketball through poor leadership lack of any kind of leader has just basically stayed status quo and lost its niche you know 11 months of the year in the American sports landscape and I and I blame the I blame the people in charge or not in charge for that look I'm going to go back to the easiest fix I have for this because a lot of this stuff is really going to be hard particularly when they get rid of the one and done uh, Amani Bates, superstar sophomore high school basketball player, was named Gatorade High School Basketball Player of the Year as a sophomore, first sophomore ever. And 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 he said yesterday, he he doesn't know whether he'll have to go to college or not. But if he doesn't have to go, no shot, right? Yeah, yeah. But right, he, well, he may re he could always reclassify and go to like Michigan State for a year or something. But we'll see. But he doesn't want to go. It, it's you're not going to win the battle for Amani Bates. But as I go back to the same same argument I'm making for years with college hockey, why are you kicking out the kids who aren't sure whether they can make the NBA? Right now, you have to declare for the NBA draft. And if you declare and hire an agent or if you declare and, and keep your name in the draft, you are banned from college basketball forever. Where in college hockey, you can be drafted. You can be drafted, go through the whole process and then decide 
whether you want to go play college basketball or not. You don't get drafted, come back to college basketball. You get drafted, but you don't like your spot, come back to college basketball. You get drafted, but the team sits there and says, you know, you have a meeting and uh, Greg Popovich says, hey, we think actually you do pretty good developing next year in college or two years or three years. College hockey is full of NHL draft picks. Now, they're not getting all of them, but in a sport that is desperate for talent, college basketball kicks like 40 guys out a year that unnecessarily. It, they can fix this in a snap of their fingers. There's college hockey and college basketball apply the under the same umbrella of the NCA. There's no major change here. Just do it. Why wouldn't you do that? As you lose and lose and lose and lose yeah. players, why kick guys out? Because we don't like your, you, 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 ha ha, you made a dumb decision. You're not playing. Co- Take them back. What are you doing? Why are you kicking resources out as we sit there and discuss no revenue, bad games, all this stuff? What, I, 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 even more than ever, I can't find anyone to tell me why they're not doing this other than some coaches want to have their summer off and don't want to have to sit there and deal with it, I think. I know. It's a great point because for every Scotty Lewis that Pete mentioned that's coming back, there's two guys that are going that shouldn't go and aren't going to get drafted. And those are the people you're talking about. Uh, you know, I mean, E.J. Montgomery right. Good from Kentucky. Yeah. E.J. Montgomery is leaving Kentucky after two wildly underachieving seasons. He's not going to get picked. If he does, somebody's going to regret it. But you know what? You stay a third year. Maybe you have a year like Nick Richards had for Kentucky, and you average 15 and 10. And people say, hey, look at the improvement. Uh, you know what? And and it's good for you. You get a little more education. You get more marketing. You're at Kentucky. You're going to get the best of you can possibly get in terms of it's going to be better than playing for the Reno Bighorns in terms of quality of life. That, but no, those guys are out. Last year, 86 early entries went into the draft. 43 of them were drafted. That's half, exactly. Half of them didn't even get picked. How much better would they have been and would college basketball have been if they were still playing college basketball this last season? Right before uh, the the pandemic hit and the sports world stopped, I went to Portland, Maine, which is a two-hour drive north of uh, Boston where I live, and spent three days around uh, the – Maine Red Claws, the Celtics G League team, and and really just talk to those guys while I was there about the G League and what it is because it has become such an option. Like just in those couple days I was there, I saw Jordan Bone play, the old Tennessee point guard. He was on the uh, the opposing team, the Grand Rapids Drive, I believe, coached by Donnie Tyndall. I saw Tremont Waters. I saw <laughs> Carson Edwards, and. I, you know, there were there were a bunch of uh, Simishitu who had one wildly unremarkable year at Vanderbilt before uh, before going pro, and they basically said like it was it was interesting hearing their perspective. I'm going to write the story before the NBA draft, whenever whenever that may be. But it, it was really interesting hearing their their perspective of just how much better they could get being in the G League, playing in NBA schemes, having unlimited access to workout times, having unlimited access to coaches to work them out. They they were wildly bull- like when I you know I asked me should do a video regrets, he looked at me like I had three heads. He was like, "My god, I'm getting so much more prepared to be a professional here." And I do think the NCAA needs to like loosen workout rules. Like if guys want to work out with their coaches in the summer more than whatever hours a week you're allowed now and for a while we could even do that. Like that so many of these rules were just stupid and they were just in place because they'd been in place or they're in place because people were wildly abusing them that like 
they just lost all common sense. And, you know, the G League was good basketball. Uh, one thing that struck me watching these spree of, uh, you know, nostalgia games that CBS and CBS Sports Network put on NCAA tournament games, like you watch the Campus Memphis final, that is really good basketball. <laughs> like that is 40% better than, you know, most of the Final Four type games that that we're seeing. Just in terms of all the talent on the floor, the size really stood out. You don't quite see dominant big guys like that. And obviously, you got Derrick Rose, who you know was a generational talent. We can always wonder after he won the MVP at 22, what what he really could have become before all these injuries hit him. Um, and like the quality of the basketball just isn't that good. And eventually, unfamiliarity and lack of quality have undercut that sport. And and I really can't stress the lack of familiarity enough. People aren't going to turn on the TV. They're not going to buy a ticket. They're not going to go to the arena if they don't know who they're rooting for. And also now, they don't even know who they're rooting against. 20 years ago, you knew all the teams in the Big East. You knew who their sixth man was. You you had you hated that guy. Oh, I hate that guy. He kills us every year. That's, it just doesn't happen anymore. Like there's there's no Yeah, Marshall Henderson's don't grow on trees anymore. Yes. Yes, exactly. Marshall Henderson would have been a great guy to hate if you were a SEC basketball fan. And so I I just feel like it's just this era of indistinguished players and in play in college basketball right now. And we're, we're not going to get out of it anytime soon. All right. I want to uh, get to some animal uh, wars. There we go. Uh, yeah. be- before we close this out, because this has been a serious. See, I'm telling you, we got topics galore yeah. here. <laughs> Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> Throw your advertising dollar at us. Some good news for humans. And I know we're not doing real well right now because basically an animal yeah. gave us this thing or something. I don't know. We're, we're, we're not. These are not the best days in the in the fight for the for the for the earth. Who controls the earth? We've taken some body blows here, but we're not done. You want positivity? I'm going to find some positivity. An urban the animals are starting to fight amongst themselves. That's what I got. An urban rodentologist. What a job! A rodent urbanologist. Majored in that. What are you studying? <laughs> Urban rodentology. Like, you tell that at a frat party, every girl is going to be like, "Oh, dreamy." Always wanted, always wanted to date someone who studies city rats. <laughs> absolutely, no girl is going to go out with you in college if you say like that's just you're like gross. Jeez. All right. Urban rodentology says the rats. We have a rat problem because. The uh the rat the, the restaurants aren't open and they're not dumping food out back so these rats can't just raid the dumpster every night and get their pizza or whatever. So the rats are coming in. <laughs> this story is unbelievable. The rats Fantastic. are basically starting to fight amongst themselves and will resort to cannibalism. They will form up into armies, okay, and then have fights between gangs of rats and they will eat each other. All right. This is uh, Bobby Corrigan, the urban rodentologist. (laughs) This guy can't exist. (laughs) Just like we've seen in the history of mankind, where people try to take over lands and they come in with militaries and armies and fight to the death, (laughs) literally for who's going to conquer the land. This is a real quote. Okay, this was on NBC (laughs) News. Somebody literally said this. That's what happens with rats a new army of rats comes in and whichever army has the strongest rats 
is going to conquer. Don't so sleep on the Albanian this on television, That's all I have to say. If we, we need to get this on television. This is SEC. Which SEC state would have the best rats? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm taking like Brooklyn College. Brooklyn College rats. A rat out of Brooklyn. NYU. One rat would take down like eight Mississippi rats. I'm sorry. It, it, it just means more in Brooklyn. Are there, do they have Juco rats or just regular uh, regular rats? Juco rats. Let's, oh, no, country rat in a chance. The city rat. All of a sudden, it's going to be like That's back in like 1953. Yeah, City College of New York reemerges as an as a athletic power. CCNY. Well, look, that you can't sleep on the New Orleans rats. Oh, That's the thing. Yeah, you know? the LSU. They're always going to be Loyola there. University yeah. of New Orleans are Tulane. Tulane's mm. rats. To get yep. out of the Go way. Go Tigers. Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that was the one thing I learned from, I think it was from that Coach story. Coach Obi down there, he would get right down with the rats. <laughs> <laughs> they got the better strength and conditioning program at LSU. They might they might import them from New Orleans. But they, the, the one thing that I learned from that story, well, many things, amongst all the, the horrifying things in that story, was that there is a, a department of mosquitoes, Termites and rodents. In uh, there's a board in the in New Orleans city government, the, the the mosquito, termite, and rodent board, which tells me again, I like to visit New Orleans. I don't want to live in New Orleans. If you have to have a board overseeing those issues, again, what a profession! Yeah. I bet Priestess Katarina, our friend yeah. from uh, our friend, our, our the fortune teller uh, from uh, from from our from our live pod in New Orleans. I bet she's got some sway with that board. She might. You probably got some rats around that area. Rat armies. <laughs> Rat armies. I love it. Rat battles. It's tremendous. Good Lord. <laughs> Let them all die, man. No less rats. I'm, I'm, uh, all right. Well, we'll see. Bunch of vermin. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Bobby Corrigan, you are one possible man of the year. I'm going to do more research <laughs> on his studies. Yeah. We'll be Rod- urban rodentology. Kid. That's awesome. Urban rodentology. What are you majoring in? <laughs> hey, I got a got a blind date for you. Really? What's his major? Urban rodentology. Ah, I'm going to wash my hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quarantine away from that, dude. Do you get paid well to do that? Because you'd have to pay me a lot to be an urban rodentologist. I don't know. All right. That's our podcast. We'll be back next week. Stay safe and wash your hands. Watch out for the rats.